This is Radically Alive Women's Agecast. It's really about women coming fully alive and taking the world with them as they're birthing life, birthing a new culture. Hello, Julia. Hello, Annika. I feel joy being in this space with you because it's about celebration and it's about yeah, celebrating the woman and celebrating projects and putting yourself out there. And I would love to hear from you what you know about that, about celebrating yourself and going for what you want and taking a stand for what you want and making space for it. I mean, I've recently consciously practiced that more because I really know how I don't do that. How do you keep things normally small? How does it normally go? Yeah, probably by comparing myself to the outside world in a way of, oh, this is financially just a small project, like this building of the Radically Alive Women's Heartquarters. No total costs are about 12,000 New Zealand dollars. I mean, there are people that rock projects that are millions of dollars. And so this is just a small project. And then with that story, I take for granted what I do. I take for granted that I'm actually really at my own age. And by comparing it to the outside world or the big, big ocean of possibilities, then I'm not actually honoring my own. I get the impression that you're looking at the monetary value of what's involved in it. And then that you make this decision that it might not be worth so much or not so big. And then I'm having this question, well, how big is it? on an energetic level, like how big is it in what you're about to create, what you are already creating, what might be coming out of it? Who's not to say that the seed of 12,000 New Zealand dollars might become a multi-million dollar piece and maybe it's not you making this multi-million dollars but all these women that are becoming involved or inspired by what you're offering and then it's producing multi-million dollars for them in the world. I feel a lot of joy hearing that because that's essentially what I want to see sprout from this is empowering women to stand in their power and create abundance for their livelihood and for their communities. And so you're just opening up the view for me. And if I wanted to look at it financially, it's actually a multi-million dollar bonus. You know, it's, it's actually an endeavor to generate multi-million dollars. And it's not about the money, but I get how, how it's a total different approach to the monetary value. And how you do then celebrate the declaration that it is actually, if you don't compare it, like if you stop comparing the monetary value of this building to the rest of the world, what is it then that you're doing? How is it impacting you and the world? As a starter, like if I really start with myself, it impacts me because it's really me going to my personal edge of creation, of creating a space that I'm taking a radical stand for without knowing how it goes. Like the funding, for example, is not fully secured yet. And still I'm going ahead and I'm not sitting there naively like a child praying to God that the money will drop from heaven somewhere, but also not waiting until I've got it all planned out and in a, I don't know, in a wrapping paper or something to go ahead. So I'm letting it, this commitment to the creation shape my being. 
in that it calls me forth to show up. It calls me forth to, I'm letting myself show up with requests for funding. I'm letting myself also just find out, okay, what does it take and make a plan like, okay, this is the money that I want and to follow through with my commitment by then. And this is like a four weeks window and I'll just do what it takes. There's no reason why I couldn't generate that money. And then it shapes me in a different way, but it shapes me also by taking a stand for this bigger thing, because by creating this physical space, I'm actually taking a stand for the context that I'm creating. It's a whole game world that is for women to come radically alive and taking myself serious with that and taking a stand for it, even though people might look at it and don't get it. I have the story, especially men might not get it because they're like, well, this is about women, has nothing to do with me. And it's not true. It's really about women coming fully alive and taking the world with them as they're birthing life, birthing a new culture through them, through their growing into these free and natural adults and taking really taking the world with them. And, and that is for everyone. So invoking also my boldness of saying, yeah, this is actually really important not just for me not just for the women this is actually really important for the whole world and i love what you say about a seed because that's i, I so love watching seeds grow and every big tree starts with this little seed and so i love thinking about this raw heart quarters as a seed that can grow into this big tree if a woman gives birth and she lets herself be carried by the feelings in the creation, what would your feelings say about being in the creation right now? Right now, I feel some fear because of not knowing the whole way through. And it's totally appropriate. And the fear also about, okay, checking what's next and what needs to happen, who do I need to communicate with? What are my impulses also? I, sometimes I have these impulses of, oh, you, you got to speak to this person. And that's my fear. Like, ah, here's the way. Go speak with that person or write to this person. And right now, there's also this joy of realizing like, in conversation with you, having more clarity of this is actually what it's about. And it's real for me. I'm so glad for this creation. I'm so glad for this creation. And I'm also so angry for this creation to be able to happen. I'm noticing how much I use my conscious anger to actually follow through with this commitment that I have found in myself. Like there is this commitment in me and then to go into action. Would you briefly say something about this commitment again? I'm finding out that a commitment is actually nothing that I do with my mind. The mind can support it, but it's like a this imprint in my whole system. There's a clarity in me that this is what I stand for. This is what I want to exist in the world. And the want doesn't come from a mind either. It's a physical, emotional, energetic, archetypal body imprint of yes, there's a yes for that. And then to follow that yes is yeah, obviously scary because I, how do I know how this goes? How do I know that it will be successful? I don't. I just know this is what I need to do and this is my commitment and then this will lead me somewhere. Yeah, here it's this clarity in your five bodies that you cannot not do it. 
yes, I cannot not do it. And more and more also with it comes the realization or the more I have my center and my authority is it is not about what other people think about it. My commitment has nothing to do with whether others approve of it or whether others get it. It is more just, okay, I've got a piece here and this is important. And I, I know that somehow somewhere other than my mind, this is, this matters. And I have this necessity, so this is my job. It's also this knowing, okay, I can wait for someone else to create it, but unlikely it's going to happen because I have the necessity. So I have to create. And in a way, like we had this conversation here where I live in the, I live in this bridge house, as you know, with three other adults and we have limited sleeping spaces here. Like we have a two bedroom house for four people at this moment. And so from that, people are like, first we need to build these other buildings for sleeping. And I try to accommodate that. And I mean, in a way I am putting a sleeping mezzanine into the building, but I was at a point where I was thinking, okay, maybe I should put my energy into building these other buildings first. Until I ran against this clarity in myself, I was like, no way, this is not my necessity right now. I cannot do that. It's not going to work. I need to go with my necessity right now. And this is my necessity and might not make sense to the others. It might not. And if they have the necessity for the other buildings, they need to do that. That's then their piece. I need to do this thing now. How does someone get to that place to not care? And it's not about not caring. It's more about caring about yourself enough to God. It's about caring actually a lot. And at the same time, I noticed, I'm glad you're asking that because I noticed about a couple of months ago, I woke up one morning. It's like, fuck, I don't care. And what I realized was I don't care as much as I think. And when I dug that bit further, it's like, I don't care about other people's opinions as much. So I don't care about other people's boxes and gremlins as much as I used to, to be a nice girl. And that's what caring often is mistaken for. It's like, oh, I care what you think. And it's like, no, I don't. I care about who you are. It's not about becoming this bulldozer that goes over people and kills them along the way. But it's also about, as you say, it's caring about that which really matters. Also about what matters, like really what matters to my being and my distant, like what is my distant, what is, what am I here for? When I stop making my life about others because I seemingly care about them so much, but it's actually just a nicety show then. And so a part of it is to let the fake stuff fall away. And I let that fake stuff fall away by going through the healing processes, emotional healing processes by a lot of it really has to do with my anger work, I think. Like I've been holding space for, I keep holding space for women's rage clubs because I need the access to my anger consciously to be able to, to have this felt experience of my yeses and my noes in my five bodies and not have to think about everything 20,000 times before I can act on it. The next piece that comes to me then is that by you being in integrity with yourself and what you care about, then you actually serving the spaces and then you actually serving all the other people around you as well. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it starts in little things where we've explored yesterday, for example, how does it go when there are dishes to be washed? Now in radical responsibility, if I'm radically responsible, this is my job, right? Because every job is my job. And then I can take it and go like, okay, well, I'll do the dishes now. 
and we made an agreement here that we won't do the dishes unless we really have a yes for doing the dishes and that if I notice the dishes need doing and I'm not going to do them, I just say the dishes need doing and this is not my job right now. So just to make obvious I notice, but I'm not going to do it. And so yesterday after dinner, I was like, okay, well, the dishes need doing. And I stand up and I start doing the dishes and I'm like, this is not what I want to be doing right now. And I started a conversation or yeah, actually Gabriel brought it up. Like, I said, I'm going to do a few dishes and then I won't do them all. And it's like, what do you mean? Well, how do you know now that you won't want to do them all? It's like, well, actually, I don't want to do them now already. He's like, I don't want to do them. And he's like, well, then stop rescuing the space. Because somehow he knew it was his job to do these dishes. And by me standing up and rescuing the space, I don't serve the space. I'm just rescuing the space from other people's gremlins or something. Because then his gremlin would be like, yeah, great. I get away with that doing the dishes. And I'm grumpy because I did the dishes not wanting to do that. And this is such a simple example, but that applies to every situation in life. If I do something that I don't want to be doing, I get resentful or I squeeze myself into a space that is not mine. I take away other people's possibility to do it because they actually want to be doing it. And I, I know, knowing you for some time, that including myself, that we've done this a lot of times, many times, even when we thought we would be doing or when you think you might be doing what you want to be doing. And it sounds like that with building the headquarters at the moment, it's really clear in yourself, you want to be doing this. Yes. And, and that stands out, like it stands out from then all the other times when you haven't. Yes. And what pops up for me again is this question of how to celebrate that then. There comes a point where all this healing, you know, all the healing processes, all this gremlin transformation, all this looking at where am I blocking things and making space for my being to come through and, and expanding my box and going to possibility labs, all this, it's not a self-perpetuating thing. It's about creating more space so that I can create. You know, this is the purpose. And so it's like, that's what I want to use my resources for, all my inner resources and also the external resources. That's what it's for, to create in the world, to build out not just physical spaces, these game worlds, and to inhabit that space that is mine to create as a part of, the, of that next culture. And for someone listening who doesn't quite know how to go about that, how to find the space that is for you to inhabit and create from, like, what would you say to people how to find that place? Because it sounds really unique to be in a space as such. There's a path, and, and each path will be different, but there are certain steps along the path that are applicable to everyone, I think. And that's to find those spaces where real, honest, radical, authentic, transformatory processes can happen so that you learn to distinguish between your different parts. You know, you might think you want something, but actually it's your childhood dream and then you follow that and you get to the end and you're like oh no that's not what i wanted because actually that was just my child ego wanting that or there's these destructive ones like yeah i want to eat a lot of chocolate during the day and it's destructive for my physical body to eat so much sugar so that's actually not a want that i might want to encourage all the time so it's to to learn to discern which are the beings impulses and which are the 
other ego state impulses, like from the child or the parent or the gremlin ego. For that, you need to go into spaces where this is a real possibility, where there's this immense clarity. And I found possibility management to be the space where I get into connection with what is real in me, in others, and what, what is actually real, and what are the stories that distract me, that lead me off track. And then to learn how to discern that. And it's a healing journey, but it's not just healing. It's an initiation journey into growing up into who you are, who I am designed to be. I'm designed to be someone with agency in the world. As a human being, I'm designed for that. Everybody's designed for that. To build out, to create, to be fully in their body and fully incarnated and operate from that space and humans are such sacred beings from that place and then there's like a last piece that comes to me about that and i'm curious how that's alive in you with regards to like finding your niche or your neck or the place to inhabit how that relates also then to this statement or to the assumption that i make that in some ways you gotta have to let yourself birth into this and then let it die again so that something new can be created like also like in nature you know like a forest naturally would have burned down to then sprout up again etc and how does that look like when you actually decide to inhabit to not get stuck in there and then hold on or it's then yours and and you can sell it or you, you can mm -hmm. you can i don't know what you can do with it so i'm curious how this ongoing birthing And then letting go dying process goes within that. Have you got any hints about that? Yes, it's related to learning to feel and to be okay with feeling, especially in, in this process and also the, really feeling the fear and being okay with it and, and having rewired the fear that fear is fear. And it's not something to hide from. I think most people avoid change because they're scared of their fear. And what it looked like in my life so far is that really so many identities had just to crumble and it seems devastating at the time. And I've noticed that I've I'm actually like a part of me is then really freaking out because it's so scary. But then there's this other part of me that knows that this is actually a real magical time to not know, to be totally without ground. And then the next thing can emerge and can sprout in which will be closer fitting. And doesn't mean that I arrive anywhere. It just means the next phase is there. And to grow into this next phase and let the old stuff fall away, which just is like clothing that doesn't suit anymore. It's like, you want to just let that go. And then the next piece can come, making space for something new. Yeah, when I left, when I left my, my Lord job, that was a massive liquid state of change. Like, Who am I then if I'm not a lawyer and I have no idea who I am? Or who am I then when I'm not an ETB, expand the box trainer? I mean, my whole possibility management journey was about becoming that and then I am that and then I find out, well, actually not. It's not where the life energy flows for me. And I've been trying so hard and it's not flowing. So who am I then though? Like still finding that out and Maybe in a way, I hope I don't because it's it's only just the next version and then there's the next version of myself. And and in all of that, there's an essence that can come out more and more and more. And then the essence can come out in different shapes. I get this picture of 
this tree, you know, because you were describing this seed that then grows into the tree. And I especially get the picture of the deciduous tree in Europe, you know, that really every season loses its leaves and then it grows its leaves again. So, and then the tree keeps growing and the roots keep going deeper. You know, there's no ending. <laughs> there's a, a continuous mm. rejuvenation happening. And that really lands in me as in what you're describing about that process. Yeah, mm. and I, you know, impossibility management is really all about evolution or that's how I see it. I mean, it's about, it's not about arriving. It's not about, okay, now I've arrived. Now I put my legs up and I'll just, now I can watch TV or something and have a beer. It's not about that. It's about, like evolution doesn't end. If you look into nature, it doesn't end. Even if this planet gets extinct, then the next thing will evolve as somehow, or the universe is just an evolutionary space. And so it's not about stopping. And what I got in my last big, just recently, with a relationship totally changing shape, life, if I live life really, then it is one big liquid state. It goes from liquid state to liquid state. And it's essentially, it is one big liquid state. And I mean, we all die. So there, there is one liquid state we're not going to avoid. And it's going to happen where this shape, the form has to change. It, we cannot avoid that. And these deaths can happen in your lifetime. And then you can have this next lifetime in, in this lifetime. And I really get that. And I get the beauty of that. And it's also painful. So it's not a walk in the park. It's not nothing. And it's Sounds life. To me like yeah, and it sounds like a great preparation for then what is to come for for that liquid state to happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and if I mean, not, no one knows what happens afterwards. But if anything, I can look back at my life and say, well, I've, I've given it all. I've given it my best. Thank you, Julia. Thank you, Annika. If you are enjoying this Edgecast and want to support it, there are various ways in which you can do that. You could share with as many people as possible the episodes that are coming out once a week. You can donate to the building of Radically Alive Women's Heart Quarters, Raw HQ, at the southern end of Lake Topo, a compact recording and creation studio. You can become a member and with your monthly subscription not only gain access to specific content but also support the creation of the free content. And you can join live spaces to really transform your own reality, to make space for your own radical aliveness with higher levels of consciousness. You can find all the information for these offers on my website, julia-neumann.com. Here and see you soon.